Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Pharrell has taken over. Let's go. It's Pharrell. Coast to coast. Steaks, chicks, stacks. You and I are going to make a lot of money. It's Pharrell, coast to coast. All right, Pharrell back on coast to coast. Hour number two, we bring in uh, Brian Siano. Mafia is our resident uh, UFC and fight expert. He has a massive gambling problem. All right, Mafia, Conor McGregor wants that fight with Dustin Poirier. We mentioned this yesterday in Dallas. It's a Jerry's world. He's got a relationship with Jones. You know, he already wanted to have the fight in uh, 2020. It's going to be in the, you know, first month of the new year, 2021. People can't get to 2021 fast enough with this crappy year we've had. But do you think he'll get his way and that the UFC will move that fight down there? I think they, you know, there's a good chance that they will because, you know, we've talked about this fight for a couple weeks now. And the big thing that we talked about with his battle with Dana White was that he wanted to, you know, fight. He wanted to get back in the cage. And then he said, listen, I'm not going to waste you on a card where we can't have people in the stands because the box office is a huge draw for a Conor McGregor fight. That's half their, you know, money-making thing. Of course, pay-per-view is always good money. But the big thing for them is always getting butts in the seats to watch this guy fight. People love watching him. So right now, if you want to do that, you can't do that in very many places. You know, some of the few places are Texas, Florida. So they could do something like Jerry World Packed out with a lot of people. Like when we went and saw that huge boxing match uh, with Garcia and Spence. They could do the same kind of thing, maybe not to that extreme amount of people with everything going on with COVID, but Texas is pretty much open for business. So if you want to get people in the butt, you know, butts in the seats to watch Connor, that's one of the few places you can go and make your money. It's a good idea for them to do that. We'll probably see a lot of fights doing that. We've talked about that with boxing as well, trying to go there and some of these other places where they're open for business as far as fans. And we talked about on the show yesterday that, you know, he wanted to do it in 2020, but then he said, listen, it's January or bust. You know, we got this covered the rest of the year. We want to push something off to next year. So it's who's going to win the battle. And, you know, pretty much less than an hour after we got off the air, Connor blinked. He said, all right, fine. I'll wait till next year. Let's do it in 2021. And now he's trying to get his wish of let's do it somewhere. We can get people there so that I can make a little extra money off it. And I'm sure they'll try to acquiesce to that. I think, you know, obviously the Spence Garcia fight is going to be there as well. Uh, whatever that is, December 5th, uh, that's going to be, uh, it's become a great place for fights. And just like they used to use the Alamo Dome, that's where uh, the Davis Santa Cruz fight's going to be at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio. But uh, down in Texas, they've been having huge fights. All right. Uh, we'll see how that works out. I think you're right. It probably will end up there because of his relationship with Jones and then, 
You know, Dana White probably wants to be in bed with them as well. Uh, Joaquin Buckley is going to face Jordan Wright at UFC 255. Of course, Buckley's the guy that uh, became viral with his spinning knockout kick to that guy's chin the other night in Abu Farrell Adabi. Yeah, you know, another situation where the UFC has a guy who makes a little name for himself, so they're going to get him in there pretty quickly. I guess he didn't have much going on in that fight as far as taking damage or things he has to recover from. So get him back in there as fast as you can if he's ready for it. Make him some more money. Make the UFC maybe uh, a little prestige off his name if they can. If people will remember him in a, another month or so, then maybe you get a little extra viewership off that guy's you know viral kick. So we'll see how that goes against another better opponent. So Dana says the Ortega zombie fight this Saturday winner will get a title shot. Yeah, we've been talking about that all week. He said that pretty much two weeks ago, and I was reaffirming it that these guys are two of the top four in that division. Of course, Aljamain Sterling's one of the, that top four that's now fighting for that title in December. So if one of these guys wins, you got to obviously put them up in that, ne- in that mix next, and they're getting the shot over everyone else because no one else has really stepped up and proven themselves to be a, a contender enough to unseat them. So they're going to say, okay, these guys are up there, and they're ready to go, and whoever wins, you're next up. So uh, we uh, are getting ready uh, for a Bellator card tonight. I'll tell you about that in a second. I want to welcome in all of our radio affiliates on Sports Grid Radio. Check out our overnight lineup for all on the bench. Sports Rage, Bagels and Bad Beats. Get the Sports Grid Radio app. It works awesome. You get all the TV and radio shows on the app 24-7. It's badass. Check out SportsGridRadio.com. Sports Grid Radio uh, is also on uh, Mightier 1090 in San Diego, near Tijuana, do Yawona. So check us out tonight. Uh, Pharrell on events, 10 p.m. East on our YouTube page. Search Sports Grid Radio and subscribe free so you can watch us do the shows every night. Pharrell, Marenzi, and Wetzel. Uh, there you go. So Cyborg's fighting former boxing champ Arlene Blenko tonight in this Bellator card, 249. Now this chick is a, uh, she's a kickboxing like, champion like this chick's a boxer and a kickboxer and she's really good is cyborg gonna have a problem with this chick no she's gonna have no problem with her at all because if you look at their record look at the things they've done Blenko lost not once but twice to Julia Budd, who of course was the former Bellator champion in Bellator, and who Cyborg just ran through to take the belt. So I think Cyborg is going to just bully her. She's going to get in there, brawl with her, not give her the space that she wants as the in the boxing kickboxing fight style that she has. Get up all in her face and just beat her down like she does to almost everybody outside of Amanda Nunez. And the books reflect that she's a minus one thousand favorite in this fight. A couple of decent fights there if you want to get involved in FanDuel. Uh, Sada Wad is a guy that we went and saw over you know, probably a decade ago when we first hit Bellator. He's fighting tonight as well. He's a plus 215 underdog because he's lost his last four. So go with uh, Mandel Nalo as his opponent. Take him there, minus 260. Uh, Ricky Bendejas is minus 170. He's a guy they're trying to make a name off of. His opponents lost three of his last five. Get him in the mix there. Bendejas is going to win that fight. And Patricky Friere, the other Pitbull brother, hadn't lost a fight in about four years before he lost his last fight. Fighting tonight also. He's a minus 330 favorite. The guy he's fighting really hasn't fought much in Bellator fought once a couple years ago. Patricky hasn't lost in four years before his last fight, so I think he's going to bounce back here to have another good performance. You might want to do a little, uh, you know, parlaying with those fighters because not great odds on any of them, but, you know, you get all four of those fights, parlay them, see if you can make some cash. All right, real quick, uh, you know, Tiafimo Lopez's dad, senior, says his son's fight with Lomachenko will go one or two rounds. He's tripping. He is tripping. Loman Chag is a veteran. He knows how to get around. He's got the great footwork. It's out of people's way. It's not going to go quick. All right. Uh, great job, Mafia. Coming up, Adam Kaplan, our NFL insider on Coast to Coast.
sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. All right, Pharrell back on Coast to Coast. We bring in Adam Kaplan, our NFL insider on SportsGrid and Coast to Coast. You can follow him on Twitter at Kaplan NFL. Good to see you, Adam. Let's talk about the uh, Falcons situation as they get ready to play in Minneapolis. Of course, uh, they've had, uh, you know, they shut down their facility. And then I think later in the afternoon, they uh, added another person that had uh, tested positive for the COVID. What's the latest? Yeah, so right now, Pharrell, the game is going to be taking place as scheduled as of now, as of Thursday evening. The NFL feels like they have a pretty good handle on it. Dr. Alan Sills, the uh, the, the chief medical uh, expert on this situation for the NFL, uh, spoke about it. Uh, they understand what's going on. They feel like they have a good handle on it. And as we saw, Pharrell, with the Titans, it doesn't mean just because you have some players test positive or some personnel people or people in your building with test positive, doesn't mean you can play the game. Last weekend, the Titans, if I understand this correctly, talking to them, they didn't even practice. They had walkthroughs, and they got through it, and they were able to play the game, and they did it safely. As a matter of fact, the good news is they got some players back, the the Titans did. Before the game, they got a couple players back. After the game, they got Adam Humphreys, their slot receiver, back. The Titans also got Jeffrey Simmons, their former first-round pick last year, who they really miss. So they're looking better. And then when you look at this game with the Falcons, the Falcons obviously coming off the firing of, of Dimitrov, the GM, and Dan Quinn. This is the last thing that they want to have happen with Raheem Morris now as the interim head coach. But they do feel like they have an understanding of what's going on. And as of now, right now, they're going to be playing on Sunday. Have you heard these rumblings at all about, I, I know, you know, Arthur Blank didn't give Matt Ryan a vote of confidence uh, the other day when he uh, had the bloodletting. There's been talk of, you know, rumors of of possible uh, Matt Ryan being traded to San Francisco. I heard that. Would would you see them tanking out and going for Trevor Lawrence, or do they want to – because I know that he's got years left on that contract, Ryan, in Atlanta. What's the situation? He does. Yeah, there's been no talk of tanking, and there's been no talk of trading him. There are always rumors this time of year. You and I talked about Sam Darnold about three weeks ago. Now you're seeing other people start talking about maybe Darnold won't be the Jets' starting quarterback. Now that that situation's different because the front office of the Jets inherited this player, whereas the Falcons now the the guy who drafted him, Dimitrov is no longer there, or the Blank is still the owner. But there's been no talk of trading him. 
Uh, for him to be traded, not only would they have to have the first pick overall and Trevor Lawrence be in the draft, the new general manager and new head coach would have to feel like, hey, you know what? We think we like Trevor Lawrence more than we like Matt Ryan, who's a proven quarterback who's been in the Super Bowl before. Yeah, last three games, he has not played well, okay? He, he, he certainly has not played well lately, but he got off to a good start. But remember now, they, they're in disarray. It's not just the offense not doing well. As you know, for all the defense has been absolutely horrendous with the Falcons. Are they going to uh, leave Dalvin Cook out of this game and then have the bye so he'd have two weeks to get better, or is he going to go? Yeah, he's not expected to play. It was actually reported by The Athletic earlier this week, and I heard something similar. Uh, they reported the adductor strain. Uh, the, the team is calling it a groin injury or abdomen injury, but the bottom line is it's expected that he will not play this week. And, yeah, they do have the bye coming up. And Alexander Madison, I'm going to give you a little note here. Kevin Stefanski, the now Browns head coach, told me last summer Alexander Madison was the smartest rookie running back that he'd ever been around, and now he will fill in for – uh, Dalvin Cook until Cook's ready to go. And Madison, you know, he's got great size, great versatility. He's a good finisher. And he's been a great story of development for the Vikings. So uh, I could certainly see why they like him very much. All right. Uh, Adam Kaplan, our NFL insider with us. Let's talk about Le'Veon Bell. Because Carver High, your boy, said uh, he thinks he's going to the 305 because he just wants to go down there by the boats, Miami. by the women, by the strip clubs, the warm weather. He wants no part of Buffalo, no part of Kansas City. But what are you hearing about uh, Kansas City? It sounds like, uh, and I think Brantley, or no, Springer just hit a home run for the Astros. They're up one nothing on the Rays already in the bottom of the first. So what are you hearing about Kansas City? It seems like uh, it, they might be in the lead here. It's hard to say the league because it's really up to Bell. These teams won them. The, the Bears, and we'll get to them in a second, but the Chiefs. The Chiefs, as it explained to me on Thursday morning, is this. The Chiefs are in a situation where they know how good they are, but they don't have a proven veteran in back of rookie running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Edwards-Hilaire has done a very good job. That, that's not the issue. The issue is what would happen if he suffered an injury and he couldn't play. Very long-term situation. Darrell Williams right now is his backup. Remember, Damian Williams opted out. He would have been his backup. So now with Damian Williams not playing this season, Darrell Williams has just been okay. They'd like an upgrade if they can get it, and guys like Bell don't become available. Now, I will also tell you, Bell's not looked particularly good with the Jets for the time that he was there, and I do believe that 2018 not playing kind of hurt him a little bit for continuity and just, just looking like the guy that he was with Pittsburgh. But again, he's an accomplished running back. What teams see him doing is this, playing on third down, Backing up the starter, we just talked about the Chiefs. Remember, let's go to the Bears right now. The Chicago Bears lost number two running back, Tariq Cohen, for the season due to, to, uh, to an ACL. They do not have a bona fide backup running back for David Montgomery, their starter. So that is why they, they have some interest in him. What Bell's got to make a decision is, is this. Does he like Carver said, Go to Miami? You're not going to win. You're not going to the playoffs, most likely. Go to Kansas City, you have a chance to get a ring. He's got to make a decision on what's important to him and where the money is. Remember, the Jets owe him about $5.9 million. Even if he doesn't play it down, doesn't sign with the team, he's going to sign with the team. But if he didn't want to play this season, they still owe him that money. It's fully guaranteed. Uh, the Jets got out of the contract, Pharrell, because they didn't want to pay him next year's salary. And by the way, it didn't work between he and Adam Gaze. Gaze was fed up with him, and the Jets decided to move on. And this is another team, though. We talked about Sam Darnold and his situation in the future. This front office with the Jets inherited this player, Le'Veon Bell, and they made a decision that, look, he's not going to be on the team next year. They knew that. We all knew that. 
cut the cord, look at Michael P. Ryan, as, which is expected. He's a rookie running back that they like, and they're going to take a long look at him. So tell me about uh, the, the Dolphins aren't happy with the Jordan Howard situation. They owe him $4.7 million, but they wouldn't have to pay uh, Bell anything. Uh, Bell's going to no, get paid by the Jets. Right, because the, the, the $5.9 million has what's called an offset language. So when you look at Jordan Howard, this is incredible. They benched him. He was healthy and active last week. He signed a two-year deal worth just under $11 million. They owe him $4.975 million this season. It's fully guaranteed at signing. Even if he cut him, they owe him that money. They think so little of him. After the first week, he was their goal line back only. Now he doesn't even play. And they do want to run the football. This is sort of something that they're committed to. Now, of the, all the situations that Bell's looking at, it's the one place where eventually he could start. That's another, that's another thing with the Dolphins. Miles Gaskin's been a great story of development. But I would not rule out if he does sign with the Dolphins that he would wind up starting. But Bell, though, needs to show that he can be that guy again because he's not looked like a starting running back for a couple of years. When he was in Pittsburgh uh, and in 2018, sat out the whole year, he spent the entire time in Miami. The guy loves it down I, I, listen, there. I hear uh, you. I hear you. Look, look, but again, do you want to win Le'Veon Bell or do you not? I mean, he has to make that decision. But going to Kansas City, they have a defined role as a backup. Chicago, a backup. Miami, that's a wait and see. Miles Gaskin, again, good player, but there would be an opportunity to start there maybe later on. All right, let's talk about, uh, Adam, the Broncos-Patriots game. Uh, respectfully, I got about uh, 75 seconds. Uh, Drew Locke, good to go? Yeah, Drew Locke took all the first-team reps on Thursday. So barring a unforeseen development, like he gets sore after today's practice or some issue happens in Friday's practice or during their Saturday walkthrough, he'll be in the lineup against the Patriots on Sunday. And they need him back because their offense certainly has not looked the same. And... Uh... What's going to happen with Melvin Gordon? Uh, what's his punishment going to be? Are they going to start Philip Lindsay? Yeah, now, it's interesting. Gordon practiced today, and he took his normal reps, but that doesn't mean he'll play. They have the option to actually bench him and have him inactive for the game. It's not a suspension. They could just they could, they could deem it just a, a healthy and active. We've seen other teams do this when you violate team policy. Then you, you bring him back, you, you kind of teach him a lesson. But that doesn't mean, by the way, that he won't be suspended by the National Football League at some point over the next few w weeks or a few months. That the, the league typically takes a little bit of a while to hand down suspensions. But, look, the DOIs are bad. And the, the, the Broncos have been outspoken on it. You saw Vic Fangio's quotes. I mean, he, he went right at it. Uh, so it's just a matter of what they're gonna, how they're going to resolve this. But I, I would kind of be surprised if he does play. We'll see what happens. All right, we'll come back and I'll ask you about Cam and Gilmore as we uh, continue on talking about the Pats a little bit on Coast to Coast. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We're we going to learn. And most of all, 
I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, so we're talking to Adam uh, Kaplan about the NFL, and Cam and Gilmore were both back at practice today. So they should be good to go in this game, right? Barring any kind of unforeseen setback or not passing the, te- the COVID test, yeah, they're, they're back, and that, that's something that they need. There's no question about it. And I'll tell you what, when you look at – it's been a while since uh, the Patriots have played. They're looking to bounce back, and they've, they've had a – look, their, their record isn't what we thought it would be at this point, but it's still early in the season. You know, they, they didn't have that game. It got rescheduled. So this is a game they should have no trouble – against Denver here. There's no reason to think that uh, this should be a game where they struggle. They're, they're so much better than Denver. Denver, though, by the way, Drew Locke took all the reps today. I did mention that before. And Vic Fangio actually said he looked good and he had no setbacks at practice. So let's talk about the Titans. Uh, I was blown away at how they looked on Tuesday night. Uh, I just couldn't believe, after missing all that time, how Tannehill, Henry, everything about that team was well-oiled machine. Vrabel's got them clicking. Uh, Tannehill's been unbelievable as a starter for that team. And you have news about uh, everything from that team today, from Jeffrey Simmons on down to Adam Humphreys. What's the latest on the Titans as they get ready for the Texans in Smashville? Yeah, it's really amazing to me. So when you and I talked Monday, they had just taken Daquan Jones, one of their starting D tackles, off of the COVID list. So he was able to play in that game. He has a foot injury. He didn't work today. But we'll, we'll see what he can do tomorrow. Jeffrey Simmons came off the COVID list. He is an outstanding player. He's a first-round pick last year who they absolutely love. So they could potentially have both D tackles here. They got Adam Humphreys back yesterday off the COVID list, their slot receiver. Now, talking to the Titans, I, this is amazing to me. Now, you talked about how well they did and how amazed you were. So was I. Considering, Pharrell, they didn't have a real practice last weekend. I, I don't know how you do it. This is, you know, I got the game wrong. I did pick them, by the way, to win the division the second straight year. But I'll admit, I picked the Bills. Now, I didn't know that the Bills would not have so many players, including the great Tredavious White, their star corner. And Ryan Tannehill just does it again, man. What a great game he had. But the Titans feel a lot better about their roster right now that they're going to get a bunch of players back. So this is good, as you said. They're, they're going to play the Texans this weekend. And they're on a short week here, though. I know they're at home. They don't have to travel. But this is going to be an amazing test to me because, in a way, it's kind of like playing Sunday than Thursday. But it's the timeline and, and the supposed biorhythms of going through something like they've never done before, but they've just gone through something and and absolutely ace that test against a good Bills team. So there's no reason to think that they should struggle against the Texans. Yeah, I mean, they, they took on an undefeated badass team that was missing white. Both corners, top corners, were out. Norman played terrible. They turned the ball over. Uh, you know, Allen threw two picks. They looked terrible. But that's a really good football team. I don't think anything of the Texans. So if they can kick their ass after having all their problems that they had and look that good, how can they not beat a terrible team? Now watch, they'll lose by 10. Packers, Buccaneers. <laughs> Packers, yeah, but, but Buccaneers. I I, hang on. One, I would say this. You saw the game, the, the, the Texans-Steeler game. Remember, the Texans got up on them early, okay? The Texans have firepower here, okay? It's not like they're not talented on offense, but they've been awful defensively, and I do agree with you. They should not struggle against the Texans. 
Yeah, I mean, it's simple. Uh, I agree with you about what they did with the Steelers, but so did the Broncos. Uh, the Broncos went into Pittsburgh and gave the Steelers problems in the second half. The Steelers were up yeah. 17 points and blew that uh, cover. So I just don't think the Texans can stop Tannehill, Henry, and those receivers. That big Brown, he's no joke. Tell me about um, the latest on uh, Devontae Adams and the fallout from his little tweet problem. Yeah, so what happened was he was not happy a couple weeks ago when they had him inactive. He thought he could play. And by the way, he took all the reps with the first team on Wednesday and Thursday, barring something unforeseen. He'll be in the lineup on Sunday at the Buccaneers, just as long as nothing happens in tomorrow's practice. And during their walkthrough, he'll be fine and ready to go. And he just felt like he could have played, and he went up deleting a tweet because he wasn't happy about it. But you understand that. But it's always up to their medical professionals. And by the way, when you have a hamstring strain, the way it's explained to me by a former NFL team doctor is that the, the fluid out of your hamstrings got to get out of there. And if it's not, even if it's just a little bit, unless it's in a playoff situation, you're not going to play the player because th- that's when you have a setback. So it's all got to be out and everything's got to test well. And as long as he does, he's going to go. And, and again, if you're taking all the reps for a Sunday game on Wednesday and Thursday, barring something unforeseen, you're going to play on Sunday. So JPP said uh, no one can run on the uh, Buccaneers. But I don't think any of that's true. Uh, do you think Jones can run on him? And do you think, uh, well, obviously Aaron Rodgers can pass on anyone. So what do you think is going to happen in that great game with the Packers and Bucks? Yeah, it's an awesome game. So the, the Packers coming off of their bye. They, they, that one issue, though, in their secondary, Kevin King, their tall corner, he's about six foot two plus, is a quadriceps injury coming out of the bye. That's not a good situation. So if he doesn't practice tomorrow, look for him not to play. But they'll be on offense. They'll be able to score. You're right. They'll just spread the bucks out. But my one concern, though, uh, w- with just the, the the Buccaneers, though, on defense, Vita Vea, they're one of their best defensive linemen, former first rounder, is out for the season. He broke his leg. That's a problem for me. Now, JPP is good, and he's right. They slant their defensive line. They are awesome against the run. But so what? You get Aaron Jones in, involved in the pass game. Jamal Williams, who's done a good job as his backup, also in the pass game. And watch my guy, Bobby Tanyan, Robert Tanyan from Indiana State, a former wide receiver turned tight end. And I love when Aaron Rodgers calls him Bobby. That tells you he likes the player and he absolutely is uh, using him as a pass target. Yeah, the guy's been uh, phenomenal, a no-name out of uh, nowhere, and he's come up big for the pack. Eagles-Ravens, this is a big game. Uh, Any shot here of – Jackson and Jeffrey and any shot of an upset uh the game's in Philadelphia right do they have any chance against this good Ravens team and they could have up to 7,500 people in in the stands or at the game and that includes team personnel for both teams and players and such but so there'll be fans at this game and it's supposed to be in the low 60s for the game I'm told that Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey are doing well they're doing more than they did last week it's not a given that they'll play. They want the the, the the medical staff and the coaches and the front office. They want to see what these guys do tomorrow. But there's a realistic chance they'll have at least one guy, if not both. What you really need is speed on the outside. And how about this Travis Fulgham from Old Dominion? I thought Old Dominion was a basketball school for all. I didn't even know they had a football team, but he was a star last week. <laughs> Ten catches, 150 yards against your Steelers. What did he do to Joe Hayden? I thought Joe Hayden was a pro bowler, man. What's going on there? Yeah, he he lit him up. That was a huge game. And then how about the other guy that used to play for them that's uh, come up big for Vegas, Aguilar? I mean, that guy's uh, doing great things. Well, you know why? Because Nelson Aguilar had two issues with the Eagles. Actually actually catching the ball 
and he and he had a knee problem told last season and the Eagles didn't want him back he didn't want to be back and he goes to the Raiders I actually talked to the Raiders about him last week he's been everything they thought and more they said he's looking kind of like 2017 when he had a breakout season for the Eagles after his real struggles with Doug Peterson's first year in 2016 with the Eagles but he's been a great story and quite frankly they probably do not win that game last week against those Chiefs how about that win at the Chiefs for the Raiders. Really good. And they go into their bye well-rested. That was huge. Uh, that was the biggest upset of the year. Shocking. So Michael Thomas gets fined fifty-nine grand by the Saints. Uh, what kind of mood has that put their star player in after his little fist fight and then arguing with Peyton? And then they fine him almost sixty grand. He can't be happy. I guarantee you that. Well, yeah, but here's the thing. He knows what he did, and, and he knows the situation. Uh, Drew Brees talked about it. Drew Brees talked about it with the media this week. He's talked to, he's talked to Michael Thomas. Sean Payton's taking care of it. It's a situation with Michael Thomas is that when you have a high ankle sprain, okay, when you have a high ankle sprain, you should not be getting in and have issues in fights with your teammates. You can't do that. And that just can't happen. And that that they've taken care of it. You, you talk about the fine. I expect this not to happen again. They've talked to him privately about this. And they need them. They are not the same offense, by the way. And they are also, by the way, in their bye here. But they have not been the same offense without him. And I got to give, I got to give Emmanuel Sanders uh, unbelievable credit for the job that he did. Just a phenomenal job. And um, it, oh, by the way, just just one kind of note: um, the Titans last week, as a uh, team source just texted me, they actually had kind of jog throughs prior to their game, not a real practice. Just a little bit more than a normal walkthrough, but really not a real practice. So bottom line is, as you said, and you're absolutely right, give the Titans credit. They did a phenomenal job. And and this goes to show you, if this happens to other teams, like the Falcons or the Vikings or any team that's impacted by the COVID uh, rescheduling, you could still do well with very little or no practicing because they just proven it. Respectfully, I got about a minute. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, I don't believe for one minute he's got stomach aches on Sunday and on Wednesday. I think he's immature. I think he doesn't like being uh, number three. I think he was, uh, without a doubt, wanting out of Washington. The minute they told him he was going to be number three, he wanted to be traded. I don't believe anything coming out of Washington right now. Here's the deal with Dwayne Haskins. Lost a lot of weight in the offseason. He had major maturity issues, I'm told, last season. Looked like he was starting to get it. He's coached very well. Uh, by Ken Sampisi, their quarterback's coach. But getting demoted when you're a former first-round pick to the third string, not the second string, has got to be an unbelievable blow to the ego. Now, Ron Rivera did say, though, had there been a, a situation where they were not actually competing for the divisional lead in the NFC least, then maybe, maybe Haskins would have been still playing. But because of what's going on right now, they want to just go with, Kyle Allen and have Alex Smith be the backup, but it, it's a bad situation. And once again, this is a yet another team that inherits a player that they didn't draft. So naturally, had they drafted him, he's not going to be the third string quarterback. Would have been no worse than number two. Uh, one other thing I want to, before I get out of here, going back to the Eagles, Carson Wentz, nine picks and 195 yeah. attempts this season. Aaron Rodgers has nine picks in his last 1,400 attempts going back to 2017. Tomorrow we'll preview that. Steelers, Browns with you. Good stuff. Adam Kaplan, everybody. Yeah. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, for all back on Coast to Coast, Carter, what would a show be without Aaron Rodgers on it? Of course. We always try to get Aaron in whenever we can, Scotty, and everybody gets excited whenever Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady meet. It does not happen very often, of course, with them being in separate conferences both of their careers, but Aaron Rodgers, Scotty, he doesn't care about Tom Brady. All he's worried about is the Tampa Bay Bucks defense. Here is Aaron. I'm not playing against Tom. I'm playing against the Buccaneers defense. That's how it's it should be viewed. Uh, when it comes to big picture and you guys writing your stories and, and telling that whole story, which I know is a part of it, I mean, it's, you know, two older guys. Now, he's, you know, a little bit older than I am. And he's got me by about six and a half or seven years. Um, but we haven't played each other a lot because he's been in the AFC, you know, the majority of his career. Um, and I've been over here. Uh, and obviously, I missed the one in 10 with a concussion. Well, I can't wait to see the game. I don't care about all that stuff. Like, they haven't played very often. And, like, who cares? Like, they're playing Sunday. That's all that matters. The game right in front of your face. Let's go. About Adam Gase, Scotty, in the New York Jets. He says he's not going to give up play calling after the 0-5 start. He talked to the rest Ugh. of the coaching staff about it. He said it is what it is when he was asked if he misused Le'Veon Bell. You did, Adam. And finally, here he is, Scotty, saying that the Jets' offense has done absolutely nothing this year. Here's Gase. <laughs> Adam, how much responsibility do you take for it not working out with Le'Veon here? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, offensively, you know, we haven't really done done a whole bunch to really impress anybody right now. Uh, we got a lot of things that we got to get corrected. We got a lot of things that we got to do better. We got to we got to coach better. I mean, honestly, bro, and he's in charge of all of it. Not only as head coach, but he calls the plays, and he just admitted that they do absolutely nothing. But he won't give up play calling duties. What a mess this team is. Honestly, this guy is such a clown. I I can't even believe that after what he did in Miami that they would even hire him. And then look what he's doing now in New York. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. He's finished as a head coach when they fire him. When he's done with the Jets, it's over for him. You'll never see him again. Big one on Sunday between the Steelers and the Browns in the AFC North. Big Ben has been very successful against the Browns in his career, Scotty. I think the best record he has against any other team. But that does not matter this week because you need to take the Browns seriously. Here's Big Ben. They're a good football team. Um, This is AFC North football. And, and, you know, you can say what you want about past records and times played. That's that's last – those are previous years. This is a new football team, new coaching staff. um, But they obviously have a new staff. We're a new team. They're a new team. they're a good football team, really good. They've got a really good defense, and um, a lot of those guys, you know, I looked at the their their roster today. They've only got two guys that have been on this team that have been ten years in the, of, of experience in the league. So it's not like these guys have been playing us for years and years and years and worrying about how many times the Steelers have won or not. That, that's not what it's about. It's a new season, new teams, and they're a really good football team. 
I mean, they have every chance in the world to beat the Steelers on Sunday, the Browns. Uh, it's a question of will they get it done? I mean, they have to execute and get it uh, accomplished. Bottom line, the Steelers are unbeaten. I mean, uh, you know, at some point they're going to stumble. And this is a very good team they're playing. If Beckham has a big game now, he was sent home today sick. He'll be fine on Sunday, I guarantee it. And he'll be good to go. And, and Mayfield's been hooking up with him. And they've been running a lot of plays through Beckham. I think that uh, Stefanski has been the difference uh, with the usage of OBJ and making him uh, just an enormous part of their play calling and offense, and it's paid off in spades. The Rays, Scotty, in the baseball game, they loaded the bases without a hit in the top of the second inning, but they could not get the run home. Long fly ball right to the warning track. And Houston gets out of the inning, so we'll keep an eye on that one nothing Astros bottom two. Let's go back to the NFL. DeAndre Hopkins in the Arizona Cardinals, Scotty. Prime time against the Cowboys on Monday night. And Hopkins says you always love playing in the big spots. All eyes are on you. Here's Hopkins. You know, I try to look at each game the same, but obviously, you know, Monday night, you going into it, you know that you're the only game on. And, uh, you know, you want to, you know, perform your best when, when the whole world's looking. But... Um, you know, I, I try not to look at it as, as anything different um, as, as any other game. Uh, that's just the way I approach the game. But, you know, you everyone knows that you're the only game on and, you know, you don't want to be the guy out there, uh, you know, missing up or, you know, missing assignment. I think he's just going to absolutely light up the Cowboys. Uh, their defense is so atrocious. And I think, you know, Murray and Hopkins already have it clicking. So, Watch what this guy does Monday night. He's going to go off. Nick Foles in a shocking revelation, Scott. He says that the Bears' offense can be better. No kidding. Here is Nick to tell you all about it, Scotty. <laughs> I don't think we're where we want to be in the passing game um, right now. Uh, we want to be a lot more efficient, a lot better. Uh, but I also know there's a progression. It doesn't just happen overnight, and it's never happened overnight ever, you know, in my career. You just – it's really just continuing to push forward and continue to self-scout, continue to go out there, work on things, storm routes, talking about different situations, talking about where I want them to be, what they see, stuff like that. Uh, coverage recognition by me and the receivers and the tight ends and running backs. So that's a process. I can't even believe that they're four and one or whatever they are. I, I cannot believe their uh, record, uh, to be honest with you, because I don't even think they're good. Yeah, they're four and one, and they're playing Carolina, Scotty, who nobody thought would be three and two at this point. So, a very interesting game for both of those teams coming up on Sunday in Carolina. Drew Locke looks like he'll be back for the Broncos on Sunday in New England against the Patriots. He says he needs to continue to show in practice, Scotty, that he's going to be able to get it done. Here's Locke. Yeah, the biggest thing for me is, you know, being able to come out and practice and play clean football. Watching Brett practice all last week. It was extremely clean. He knew what he was doing with the ball. He knew his run game checks. He knew everything. It was clean. There was no questions about it. So if I didn't come out here today and tomorrow and the next day and show that I can do that and be extremely clean just like Brett was in practice, then, you know, then it's going to be really up in their hands as to what they want to do. Um, I didn't want to come down and let the intensity lag from last, last week's practice. I wanted to, to raise it a little bit and just keep things rolling. And I think if, you know, we have crisp, clean practices – Deliver the ball where it needs to be in a long time, and hopefully I show them what they need to see. They need him back in the lineup. Uh, their backups are awful. 
<laughs> we'll see what they can do. Cam will be back for the Patriots, too. Uh, to the Titans, Scotty, it seems like the Titans are, like, really embracing this role as, like, the uh, the COVID villains of the NFL. Like, they're all, like, us against the world uh, because everybody was mad at them for a couple of weeks that a bunch Whatever. of guys on the team had COVID. Uh, they are now going into a short week. They played on Tuesday. Played the Texans on Sunday. Head coach Mike Vrabel says he thinks his team is pretty mature. They're going to be able to handle it. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's what we have to do. We, um, you know, you get back uh, to work, you know, win or lose, and and still try to find ways to improve. I think that that's something that we've always talked about. I think that the the players understand that and appreciate that. That uh, if you don't um, continue to improve and find ways to um, be better each and every week. That, that you're not going to be where you want to be at the end of the season. All right, thanks, Coach. I appreciate it. Uh, what do you got? Some numbers <laughs> on Tannehill? Uh, that's why yes. they're winning. Tannehill and Henry, I want, as yes. usual. Let's take a look at Ryan Tannehill, Scotty. Since he became the Titans' starter last year, 11-3, and three, same record as Mahomes, 3,600 yards, about the same amount as Mahomes, more touchdowns than Mahomes, same amount of picks, and a higher quarterback rating. That is the reason, Scotty, they went on the run to the AFC title game last year is a combination of how good this guy's played and how well Henry runs the rock. I mean, there's just no doubt uh, the guy, is uh, his whole career has been transformed in Tennessee from what he was in Miami I can't even believe what I'm watching. The guy looks phenomenal. He did it last year. I thought he was just getting lucky. Now it's obvious uh, that the talents that he had at A&M and into Miami in a high pick has come to fruition in Smashville. It just wasn't ready to burst yet uh, at the seams, and now it has. The guy's a stud. Let's take a look also, Scotty, with something with the Raiders because they are 3-2, and two, of course, after beating the Chiefs last week. Maybe they're a little bit better than people think. Look at the teams that they've beaten so far. Carolina, winning record. Saints, winning record. The Pats are 2-2. Two and two. We know that they're a good team. Bills, who were 4-0 now, of course, 4-1. and one. And the Chiefs, who are 4-1. and one. So the Raiders have actually played some tough competition through the first five games, Scotty. I mean, it's very impressive uh, what they're doing. And the win against the Chiefs says it all. There's nothing else to say. They're a lot better than they've been in years. Uh, Gruden's doing a good job. Carr's doing a good job. Uh, Josh Jacobs is doing a good job. And their pass rush is decent. I think their defense is decent. They gave Mahomes problems. They put a lot of pressure in the pocket. So uh, these things are the reasons you win football games. Speaking of Mahomes, Scotty, of course, the Chiefs are going to Buffalo on on Monday night. That'll be a 5 o'clock game before the Cowboy-Cardinal game. Uh, they were supposed to play tonight. We know that whole story. The Bills, it looks like, are possibly going to get some of their guys they did not have Tuesday back. Tredavious White practiced today again. He is running around. Looks like he might be okay. Matt Milano, linebacker who also missed the game on Tuesday, he has been back at practice too. So we know, Scotty, if the Bills are going to compete with the Chiefs, they're going to need a full squad because they didn't have it on Tuesday night. Well, look, if White's in there, I'm going to feel a lot better about the secondary. You lose your two top corners, you're going to lose the game. If they're not playing on Monday, they're going to get their ass beat. Some injury stuff. Panthers DT, Kawan Short done for the season after shoulder surgery. Arizona, this is going to hurt, Scotty. Arizona stud pass rusher Chandler Jones. We put those stats up a couple weeks ago about how many sacks he's had the last couple years, and nobody talks about him. He is done for the year now with a bicep injury. Big piece of that Arizona defense. 
That's a huge loss for them. I really like this team offensively, and now defensively they've sprung a leak. Seahawks are 5-0 and for the first time, Scotty, but are they for real? Some people question the defense. A little leaky, it seems like. Well, I know it's funny to me. How do you question a team that's uh, unbeaten? So you, you right. can talk all you want. That's just people that have nothing better to do with their day. When you are 5-0, and <laughs> shut up. I don't want to hear it. Like, they win every game. Another quarterback who says that his offense is getting better. You heard Foles earlier. How about Daniel Jones, Scotty? He says that the Giant offense is improving. I think maybe he only thinks that because he got to watch tape last Sunday of them beating up on the Cowboy defense. That might be the only reason why Daniel Jones thinks that. Listen, I think they are improving, and I think they're going to prove it when they play that crappy Washington team uh, at MetLife on Sunday. I think the Giants will win. Phillip Rivers is eager to bounce back after a loss to the Browns last week. What have you thought of Rivers so far, Scotty, with the Colts in his first four or five games? I mean, they lost a game, and what are you going to do? It's at the end of the world. Everybody acts like every time you lose a game to you know, trade the quarterback, fire the coach, everything else. Bottom line is, this is a good football team because of uh, Taylor and because of their receivers, and I think Rivers can still get them the ball, but the reason they're so good is defense. They have a really good team defensively, so I think the Colts are still legit. We're getting to that point of the year where everybody starts to go, who's going to be the last undefeated team? There's only four left now. Packers, Seahawks, Titans, and Steelers. The funny part is the Titans and Steelers were supposed to play two weeks ago, and they didn't get to. So we've got four undefeated teams left, Scotty. Which one is going to last the longest? Listen, I want the Steelers to win, but I actually think they're the most vulnerable this weekend to be upset by the Browns. And did you see, how about this one from the gambling department, New Jersey shattering its own U.S. sports betting monthly record. $748 million, Scotty, in the month of September. How about that in New Jersey? God bless the governor and all the people that decided <laughs> it was important to allow sports betting in New Jersey. The FanDuel Sportsbook is absolutely rocking at the Meadowlands and their app. It's just Gandhi. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Brendan Lau was in a one for 36 slump unequaled by his peers. And he just raked a home run to right center field. The guy's first hit in the playoffs, one for 36. And he finally gets a hold of one and jacks it out. And we're tied at ones, Rays and Astros in the third inning. All right. Canadians signed Brendan Gallagher to a six-year extension. NCAA grants an extra year of eligibility for all winter sport athletes. They petitioned the U.S. Supreme Court to preserve athletes' amateurism. Indiana's athletics department, their deficit could grow to $60 million. They want to cover the scholarships with fundraising. They got problems in Bloomington with money. U.S. tennis player Sam Query left Russia via private jet after coming down with the Hanta. John Cena gets married to Shay Shirazade in Florida out of nowhere. The county orders the San Diego Strip Club where Tommy Pham was stabbed to cease and desist. 
Listen, I would fight that. You got to keep uh, <laughs> you got to keep your bearings there as the strip club owner. They said they'll start finding them a thousand a day. You can handle that, bro. Just bring in hotter checks. You'll be all right. Uh, horrible what happened to Tommy Pham, though, at that establishment. Horrible situation. Robert, I keep an eye on the strip club, see if it stays open. Man charged with assault after farting in an Uber. <laughs> this is not a good situation. Oh, he man. let one fly on the Uber driver. <laughs> a gigantic rip, and he got charged with assault. A New Jersey man folds 18 pizza boxes in one minute for a no world record. And Mark Sanchez revealed as the baby alien character on The Masked Singer how the butt fumble has turned into being the baby alien. <laughs> I mean, my God. And Hall of Famer Fred Dean passed away at 68, won two Super Bowls with the Niners. And this is the day in 1989 that Wayne Gretzky passed Gordie Howe as the all-time leading scorer in the NHL Bob Miller. There it is. Number 802. Wayne Gretzky. All right, uh, game time decisions next. See you tonight on the bench at 10 p.m. Eastern. Good night. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.